is Monday. Are you ready? Welcome to another edition of Almond Delights Reading Corner. Come on in and relax your spirit, relax your body, relax your mind as we get into this book. The next book we'll be reading is Boys Like Me by yours truly, James Caldwell. Head on over to Amazon.com and download your books today. Please support our authors. Now sit back as we get into this book with the Almond Delights. Are you ready? Let's read. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Almond Delights Reading Corner. I am your girl, Miss Almond Brown, and this week we will continue to read Boys Like Me by James Colwell. Um, we ended on chapter two last week, and to recap, we know that at this point, James has left home. He was living with his grandmother, who he adored, until he became of age, and his grandma was like, I need my money. <laughs> I need my rent money. <laughs> he would pay her two days later, I need my money. Make sure you got my money at the end of the month. So he started to despise his grandmother. His cousin was there and uh, <laughs> he had some jewelry and things in his room. And come to find out, they just grew legs and walked away. And his grandmother was like, well, I'm not supposed to sit here and watch your stuff. S-H-I. <laughs> and so he got fed up. And eventually at the age of 22, we know that James left home from his beloved grandmother, who he couldn't stand anymore at that point. So I'm going to give you guys a disclaimer. You know, there will be some choice words in this book that um, Almond Brown would not normally say. But I'm going to give you this book in its entirety and every word that's written. <laughs> OK, so for those of you that have your book, I appreciate you for going and supporting Mr. James Caldwell and buying the book. We appreciate that. For those of you that have not downloaded the book, you can, if you have Kindle or you can download the Kindle app, you can go and download it for free at Amazon.com. Or if you want the hardback book, I think it was like $14. It's worth every penny. So we're going to get started on chapter three. I hope you guys are relaxed <laughs> and let's read. Chapter three, everybody isn't picking on you. I can admit that I have several pet peeves that I have never been able to shake. But the worst one of all is when I hear an adult, adult say to a child, everyone isn't picking on you. During the earlier years of my life, I found out fairly quickly that there was no truth to this statement. By the age of eight, I was experiencing days when actually everyone was picking on me and it caused me to internalize a lot of the pain, which played a large part in me becoming an angry child. When you're receiving criticism and bullying from all angles, 
Who do you turn to for help or even just to discuss the situation? I experienced verbal abuse from adults and teenagers in my family. And whenever I was outside playing or in school, there was abuse coming from the children in my age group as well. I used to rattle my brain trying to figure out how everyone around me got onto the same page about what they felt was wrong with me and how that conclusion was decided upon. After becoming an adult, I realized that the children in my age group took on the bad behavior of the teens and adults that they witnessed dishing, dishing out the abuse. I have a hard time believing such young children even knew the meaning of some of the things that were being said to me. A lot of the people would say, a lot of the time, people would say demeaning things to me, and I had no idea what they were talking about. But I can tell by the way it was said that it was meant to be insulting. The truth is, some of the things that were thrown out at me didn't make any sense to me until I was about 18 or 19 years old. A lot of comments were very physical in nature, and I wasn't a sexually charged preteen, so much of it went over my head. Though I was around older people in more mature conversations, the connection wasn't there for me to make. No one in my surroundings was having open talks about gay life or homosexual sex acts. These topics only arose when someone was trying to offend or degrade me. The first memory of an insult that I endured and had no idea of the origin was when I was just six years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. The venom of what was being said and the stabbing action that it took against my being. It was the first time I had ever heard the word faggot. I had no idea what that was or what it referred to. But immediately when it was said, I knew it wasn't anything good. The person spewing the venom was my great grandmother. Her name was Sally Mary Wesley. And she was a very two-sided woman with a face to match. She had a pure church mother's face for the public and a dark soulless mug for the inside of the house. She lived in the house with my grandmother and it was evident to me early on that I wasn't one of her favorite people. Shortly afterwards, I started letting her know the feelings that the feelings were mutual. On this particular day, six-year-old me was doing what I always did, spending time in my own world. I entertained myself a lot through music and art. They were, two, they were the two things I loved most. I was dancing and singing as I went into the kitchen for a glass of water. And out of nowhere, Sally Mae reared her head of salt and pepper hair and said, Sit down somewhere, you little faggot. When I turned and made eye contact with her, there was a look of disgust on her face that would remain whenever she had to deal with me until she laid down and died in the winter of 1997. I never bothered telling anyone what was said. What was the point, I thought? She was my grandmother's mother and my mother's grandmother. What could they do? A little while after I found out exactly what could be done, her bad behavior continued to the point that it became evident to my mother that differences were being made between me and my brother when it came to Mama Sal, as most of the grandchildren called her. The great-grandchildren called her Graham, and we all called my grandmother by her first name. There were many times that I would witness Graham giving my brother money to go to the store or giving him candy and treats, and she acted just like I didn't exist. I never let that bother me because there were two truths that couldn't be changed, and they were, I loved my brother, 
and I didn't like her. My mother started to take notice and take action. There were times when she would sneak and do her distribution, and if my mom was around, she would make my brother give me the candy or the money back to her, then would tell her, if you don't give both, you don't give either. Graham learned just what to do when my mom wasn't around. Truly, I didn't care. The big fallout came one Christmas when I was nine. When my mom, my brother, and I got to my grandmother's house for, for the family holiday dinner and all of my immediate family was there. We were actually the last ones to get there. We were all at the tables eating when my mother opened the individual envelopes that Mama Sal had given her for my brother and I, which she did every year. My mother handed both envelopes back to her with all the contents intact and then stated to her, I told you before, I will never allow you to make a difference between my children. If you can't give them the same or treat them the same, they don't need anything from you, period. Graham was very shady in her way of thinking and doing things. She didn't argue. She didn't fuss. She just accepted her gift back and was very unapologetic in doing so. My mother made reference to how she had been doing this stuff throughout the years to other members of the family. Everybody was quiet like they didn't know what, was she, what she was talking about, but my mom just politely pointed out who the abused persons were. My great-grandmother never apologized or denied the accusations. Now, I can't say that I understand liking one of your children or grandchildren better than the other, but I know it does happen. But the part that puzzles me is when you pick and choose and then blatantly mistreat the one that, you, that isn't your pick. It was a horrible family dynamic and it started way before I could ever become part of this, this dysfunctional unit. Over the years, I have pieced together what had really been happening before we got to the mistreatment of this different little boy. It went like this. Sally Mae Wesley, my great-grandmother, had two daughters. Thelma, my grandmother, Sally mistreated. Louis, Sally's pig. Thelma had three children. Girl number one, my aunt, Sally's pig. Boy, my uncle, girl number two, my mother. Louis had five children. Boy number one, Sally's pig. Girl number one, girl number two, Sally mistreated. Boy number two, boy number three. My aunt had two children. Boy number one, Sally's pig. Boy number two, my uncle had two children. Boy, girl. My mom had two children. Boy number one, me. Sally mistreated. Boy number two, Sally's pig. If you are not one of Sally's pigs or mistreated, you were basically ignored like you really didn't exist. I did notice that my grandmother's sister's children didn't come around Graham very much once they were old enough to make their own decisions. She lived in the house with my grandmother, so unfortunately, we were subject to her scrutiny and hateful behavior full time. She gave dirty looks and things most of the time and just it kind of ignored you the rest of the time. But after a while, that was not effective on me. By the time I was 10 or 11, I had a strong dislike for her. So I really took her lead and acted like she wasn't there most of the time. 
I had reduced her to a hello and goodbye. But she and I would butt heads once more when I was 13 years old. This particular day, my cousin and I got into a verbal battle. He is my aunt's eldest child and happens to be 10 years older than I am and a paraplegic. I don't even remember how it started or what it was about, but I know the basis was what it was always showing off. He had two of our other cousins with him and he was really doing it up for them. I was in the living room while the three of them and Mama Sal were in the kitchen. My first cousin spewed sissy and faggot like they were the words of the month. Then he went into a whole regime of, a regime of you're going to be just like Plocker when you grow up. I had no idea who Plocker was. I found out years later that Plocker was a drag queen from my neighborhood that was our parents' age. He went on and on as the laughter in the kitchen reached its peak. It was like I was at a comedy show and I was the butt of every joke. After about 20 minutes, the name calling and slurs escalated to a level that I wasn't willing to continue with. I then came to life in a mighty way and began to insult him back. My great grandmother, who had been as quiet as a church mouse, blurted out, You better watch your mouth, boy. I stood up and went into the kitchen and approached her and said, Are you serious? You just sat here for the last half hour and listened to him call me everything but a child of God. And now you're chastising me for defending myself. She looked at me with that dismissive shady look and said, Go somewhere and sit down. Now. At that point, the gloves were off and I thoroughly cussed him out with no filter being used. I was pretty harsh, I must say. Ending my rant referred to him as Ironside. That comment shut him down and made her rise to her feet and approach me. She and I stood face to face as I asked her, What are you going to do about it? Because you know my mother will handle you if you put your hands on me. She deflated and told me I better go sit down, to which I replied, When I'm ready. Hmm. I'm not proud of the outcome of the sordid dynamic between my great-grandmother great and I. Even back then, I thought it was sad. Most people don't ever get to meet their great-grandparents. And here I am, constantly battling and arguing with mine. Just ridiculous. After that day, I reduced my dealing with her to non-existent. I literally said nothing to her. Ever. I didn't even feel as though she was worth the words. Not long after this, my grandmother's sister passed away. It was awful. My grandmother was devastated. Her and her sister were closer than any two people I ever knew. They literally talked on the phone every morning at about 5 a.m. It was like clockwork. But all that had come to an end. This was the first time in my life that someone so closely related has died. And my family was forced to deal with it. At this place is a, at, at this place is a terrible memory embedded into my psyche. And it isn't the death or the funeral that followed. The memory is of the moment I realized how treacherous, shameless, and brutally honest my great-grandmother could be. The situation took place the day after my grandmother's sister passed away. We were standing in the hallway on the second floor of our home. My grandmother and I were on our way downstairs to have some lunch when, unexplain when the unexplainable happened. As we passed by my great-grandmother in the hallway, out of nowhere, she said to my grandmother, it should have been you who died and not my Louis. 
I thought I was in the twilight zone. I couldn't believe the nerve of her to say that. Who even thinks that way? I watched as my grandmother's face just drop, and it was the first time I've ever seen my grandmother cry. And it broke my heart. I couldn't believe what I was seeing happen. My great-grandmother never flinched. She just kept walking down the hallway and went into her room. As I followed my grandmother down the stairs, I said to her, Surely, she needs to move out of here. How can she say that to you in your own house? What kind of mother says that? She responded, Hush up, boy. It's fine. Everything is going to be fine. Sit your grown behind down. I left that situation long for the time, but I never forgave Sally, May Sally Mary Wesley for her indiscretions. She died in December of 1997, and I have tried to let go of the ill feelings I had toward my great-grandmother to no avail. I never wanted to understand why she was the way she was. All I know is I never want to be like her. There was also another person in my immediate family who was relentless in their pursuit to make sure that I was miserable growing up. The strange thing about that person is he was my mother's absolute favorite person. He was my aunt's youngest son. Before I was born, my mother spent a lot of time with him. He was like her baby. She actually gave him his first name as my middle name. And as far as back as I can remember, I hated and I hated it and him. My family always had this strange way of trying to mask one thing and call it another. The dysfunction of my family and my first cousin's relationship for years was blamed on a lie. And that it was what it was. A lie. That I was jealous of the relationship between my cousin and my mother. The truth is, I had no interest in being around my mother because we had nothing in common. When I was a young child, I never related to my mother and at... Uh, I never related to my mother as anything more than my creator until I was in my mid-twenties. That is when our relationship was built. I stuck up onto my grandmother from a young child and that's where I stayed until adulthood. This particular cousin, as I said, was relentless. I have wrecked my brain in this process to try to remember a positive moment with this person during my early days and I come up with nothing. I don't ever recall anything but insults coming from him. And when there was ever a crowd around, things got worse. The only time when he backed off was if my mother was present. You name it, he called me it. Faggot, sissy, bitch, you name it. Other families who were of age to stop the torment basically witnessed it and laughed along with the crowd or acted as if it didn't, they didn't notice it. The older I got, the worse the situation got. The insults became more intense. Verbally, it was nothing less than vicious. By the age of 11 or 12, I had begun to stand up for myself, and I was as verbally out of order as he was. I would curse him completely out. Okay. <laughs> and at that point, a nasty little game started to be played. By the time I reached my preteen years, I was getting tired of being the puncher bag for anyone, and I had begun to fight back. I experienced anger in the worst way. A lot of times I would lose control. So what would happen was the loss of so what would happen was the loss of control would be the thing that was being focused on and not the origin of what had caused the bad behavior. When episodes would take place, my mother would be made aware of the episodes by my first cousin, 
and older cousins and led her to believe that I just flew off the handle basically for no reason. And I began to get punished for these outbreaks. My mother's main issue and why I would be being punished most times had to do with the fact that my grandmother would be upset. And my mom's favorite line was, you're not going to give my mother a heart attack with your bullshit. I would get punishment in the form of staying in the house or having to go stay down at her house for a period of time. The fact of the matter is that my grandmother swept too much bad behavior under the rug and my mother just flat out didn't pay enough attention. I was content staying with my grandma and my mother would figure that everything was fine. But that is no excuse. She dropped the ball. She was not in touch with what was actually going on with me like she should have. She left too much trust in her mother and my grandmother was playing the it's all good game. The biggest blow up with my antagonizing cousin happened after he had moved away, got married, came back alone on the brink of a divorce, more immature and more self-centered than he was originally. He was at an all-time high of ridiculous behavior on this particular day. He went way too far with me and so did the rest of the family that were present. My grandmother was throwing a birthday celebration for her very good friend that day. It was July 29th, so the heat was at its peak, which was never a good time for me. I really don't like hot weather that much. I don't know how we made it back then without central air units. Okay. I don't know either. I awoke and everything seemed to be going well until I decided to go down to the basement for something. And there was my cousin sprawled out, sleep on one of the beds that was down there. The other was being used as an used by an older cousin. They were referred to as an uncle due to the age difference. Who would stay, who would stay with us too often when he and his wife were on the outs. Within minutes, I literally pissed off. I was literally pissed off at the side of my first cousin. He was wearing a brand new outfit that belonged to me. That was in a drawer in the basement with the tags on it when I went to sleep the night before. I woke him up and told him to take my clothes off to which the name started, the name calling started. But it wasn't going to go that smoothly. I wasn't receptive on that day and I tried to avoid the normal scene by going and telling my grandmother what was happening. She basically blew me off which caused me to yell at her. By this time, my cousin had gotten out of the bed and came to the first floor and so did my older cousin. Both were a little pissed about being woke up, but who cares? At that point, I was 15 and paying rent monthly and neither one of them were so, were, so really who cares? My cousin had become so comfortable with his disrespect to me that he just went ahead and labeled me all kinds of gay insults just like my grandmother wasn't present in that kitchen. But she might as well not have been. Because she didn't say a word until I began to curse him out. And call him all types of washed up losers. And of course, with me always being around adults. I had the 411 on his situation. So when I spoke, I spoke of truth. And I cut deep and cut fast. By this time, the sharpness of my tongue had taken its place in the world thoroughly. Well, as usual, I was on my own to defend myself, so I let the fur fly. My grandmother sent me to my room, which was on the second floor across the hall from the bathroom. 
Within minutes, my cousin was upstairs in the bathroom, sneaking insults across the hall. It was pointless. It was just as though the mistreatment at this point was allowed. I slammed my door and began pacing the floor. I could feel myself losing control, and I was approaching the dark side quickly. I was telling myself, it's over now. He is washing up and changing clothes, so let it go. After I calmed down a bit, I headed back downstairs and went into the dining room and found my cousin sitting at the table eating cereal and still in my clothes. I turned to the kitchen where my grandmother was cooking and said, Okay, enough. Do you see that he still has on my clothes? She responded by yelling, If you don't get your ass out of here, you had better. I remember screaming and watching my grandmother's eyes get big and she got silent. I stormed off and went upstairs and began digging in the bottom of my closet looking for this specific boot. I have all, I've always owned a lot of shoes. It was a considerable amount of digging. <laughs> I returned to the table and asked once again, Are you going to take your black ass out of my shit or... I, interrupted, I was interrupted with the word faggot. I went into a rage and I let the boot have its way. The next moments were hazy. I never liked becoming enraged that way because I can't control that part of me. It's the point where I have been pushed way too far and I have not and will not ever apologize for what comes out of that state because I have darn near begged that person to release me from their foolishness and at their own discretion, they chose to move forward. Good luck. The fiasco ended with broken dishes, milk all over the table, the floor, my cousin, and the china closet behind him. My haze cleared to my <laughs> cleared to my grandmother, yelling in the phone to my mother that I was going to make her die of a heart attack. My cousin was hollering for my grandmother to get me. My older cousin was conveying some ridiculousness to my mother over the phone about the incident, which he did nothing to prevent. Keep in mind, he is older than my mother. And when he handed the phone to me, all he said was, Your mom wants you. As he shook his head in disgust of the outcome, which he now had to go clean up for my grandmother, who was now in full better Davis mode, my mother started her ranting and raving for which I basically tuned out. I refused to put any energy into a rebuttal that she wasn't listening to. I was told to bring my ass to her house and stay by myself where I would not be able to be at the cookout. <laughs> I laughed all the way to her house. It was about 10 to 15 minute walk. What a joke they all were. Did she honestly think I wanted to be around any of them? I was truly forming a dislike for the whole group of so-called family members. In the days that followed, I learned that my cousin was in an argument with some guy at the neighborhood playground and literally came to the house, took my outfit, cut the tags off, went back to the playground, and got his ass whipped and drug all over the ground in my new clothes. How much nerve did that take? And it never got addressed. <laughs> what did get addressed one day about a week later when I was at my mom's house and my cousin was there with a few of his little friends, and he became so comfortable with all that had got that he had gotten away with that he let his arrogance lead him into starting in on me right in front of my mother. And he got to see why it was the be it was best to hide like you had been previously. All I did was walk from the kitchen 
through the living room and sat down and he looked at his friends and says, little faggot. I immediately thought this fool had lost his mind because it was an unsaid rule. No one in the family had ever pulled that stunt. And in the moments to follow, it was evident why not. My mom's head shot up like a jack-in-the-box and she said, What did you say? Arrogance kicked that fool yet again and he responded, What? Just like he would say, Okay. And she said, There is nothing wrong with my son. To which he responded, Are you serious? That boy twitches harder than my wife. Then had the nerve to look for his friends to chuckle and laugh like they usually do. When the floor, when the when he floor, when he shows out on me, but the only one that didn't catch the shift in the atmosphere of the room was him. Within seconds, Miss Patty, mother of James Caldwell, had taken control of the room, and the new punk in the room was her nephew. As he laid down, as she laid down the law about what was to be said about her son and what would it, and ended with the promise of missing teeth if any violations were made. He got the message and apologized to her. About two weeks later, as we were all in the kitchen at my grandmother's house, my cousin decided to inform my mom that he did not appreciate me cursing him out. He was vindictively playing the old game, but new rules had been put in place and he obviously missed the memo. My mother said, you're right. He has no business talking like that. He is not grown, but rest assured, he can't argue by himself. And when you start arguing with a 15-year-old, what do you expect but for him to talk to you like he talks to a 15-year-old? He went on to say, Patty, I'm not going to have him disrespecting me like that. I began to boil because this punk was really playing this up like he was such an adult and I was just out of order for talking back no matter what he had happened to say to me. This is where I started to know my mother, the woman. The picture had started becoming clearer to her of some of the things that had been happening and her blinders had come down. Also, she had heard a blow-by-blow -blow version of what went on in the kitchen. The next thing she said made me know that she has a little bit of clown resting in her psyche. She said, listen, this is what you do. At whatever point you feel as though he is disrespecting you and cussing and carrying on, Treat him like a man and take him outside and whip his ass. You have my permission. The kitchen fell quiet. My grandmother had a very matter-of-fact look on her face looking at me. It's a shame because even, because even back then I could tell our relationship was changing. Then my cousin blurts out, Now you heard what she said. <laughs> I jumped up from the table and I said, I sure did. I heard it like you heard. Now, fuck you, nigga. Let's get it. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I stood at the door waiting to literally tear my cousin's ass out the frame. <laughs> he laughed and said, I ain't trying to fall out with my gram and my aunt. Bull crap. The truth of the matter was, at this point, I outweighed him by at least 40 pounds and had enough built-up anger towards him that a 911 call would have followed, and he knows it. 
from that day to this one, my cousin and I have not had another confrontation. <laughs> Go figure. Years have softened the feelings that I have toward my cousin, but I don't give him any space for error. We just literally don't go down the road of calling me of him calling me names or trying to show off on me. I actually think some maturity has come into play with him on the subject of me being different. And in the midst of this, I realize yet again, I really do believe that God has a sense of humor. My first cousin has three children and one of them is different. <laughs> a coincidence? I think not. And... <laughs> That was chapter three. We're going to go to a brief intermission. Do not go anywhere. Let me show you what you're doing today. <laughs> it's Monday. Are you ready? Welcome to another edition of Almond Delights Reading Corner. Come on in and relax your spirit. Relax your body. Relax your mind. As we get into this book, the next book we'll be reading is Boys Like Me by yours truly, James Caldwell. Head on over to Amazon.com and download your books today. Please support our authors. Now sit back as we get into this book with the Almond Delights. Are you ready? Shh. Let's read. Baby, I am weak. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> We're going to go on to chapter four of Boys Like Me by James Colwell. <laughs> chapter four, Death of a Legend. I can say without any reservations that I have a dad that loved me unconditionally, Richard Johnson. He was not my paternal father, but he is the only dad that I know. I was aware at a very young age that he was not my real father, but I also knew that there was another person who wasn't around, and I gave that individual in their absence no energy. I never had the time to. I spent lots of time with my dad and equal time with his family. I have a bunch of aunts, uncles, and cousins that have always treated me well, there was never a conversation of who belonged and who didn't belong when I was with my Johnson family. I was Richard John Richard's oldest child. End of story. My mom and dad didn't stay together as a couple for very many years. It was a lot of it was a lot of off and on, but I was never affected by their adult business. My dad was always around no matter what. As time went on, I grew older. My dad had other girlfriends all of which were really good to me. And even when they had children of their own with my dad, the treatment of me was always stellar. I have quite a few siblings from my dad. They're the best. We even have a set of twins, a boy and a girl. And the funny thing is, all my sisters and brothers look just alike. 
the girls and the boys. They all look just like our daddy. I don't have what you would call a close relationship with all of my siblings, but I do have a close relation to the children of my dad's last partner, Elaine. We do keep in touch and I have a beautiful and I have beautiful nieces and nephews. Elaine was, to my knowledge, the longest the, the longest lasting mate that my dad had other than my mom. We spent so much time together and she was so involved in my life that I began to call her mom very early into her and my dad's relationship and still do to this day. She is my stepmom and I wouldn't trade her or my siblings for anything. When my dad wasn't available for my birthday or some landmark thing that I was experiencing, Elaine was Johnny on the spot to cover his part of his of in his absence. Being a parent myself at this point, <clears throat> I understand the commitment to him that she carried and the sacrifice endured by her to make certain that I wasn't affected by my father's absence while making sure her children were okay as well. I love and appreciate all that she has done throughout the years and always will. Richard Johnson was a very passionate man when it comes to family and family life. He had his own ideas of what family was supposed to look like and how children rearing was supposed to go, and he never broke away from those ideas. He really didn't take any stuff from anyone. If he disagreed with anything that someone was doing, they were going to know about it. Daddy was a small man in stature, but he can stand alongside any giant that you could find. I remember one time in particular, when I graduated from the 8th grade, my grandmother was planning to cook out the very next day. About three or four days before, she had begun to say to people that it was in celebration of my graduation, but it wasn't true at all. The cookout had been planned well in advance in honor of my first cousin returning home from jail. Me being me, I immediately corrected my grandmother and informed her that I had never been given a party or dinner in honor of my birthday or anything, which was something that took place all the time at our house. And I would have nothing to do with this ridiculous collaboration. I also let her know that I felt it was like a slap in my face with all the work that I had done versus all he had done was pay his debt to society for his wrongdoings. There was no comparison. And also, how could it be a party for me when I have not one single solitary invited guest? Really? She, was ba she basically brushed me off in her normal curt way of saying, Go sit your ass down somewhere. And that's exactly what I did. I went into her bedroom where I planned to spend the rest of the day. I would not be subject to such foolishness, even if they didn't realize how foolish and hurtful it really was. Later on, as the guests started to arrive, I went downstairs to get a drink. And that's when I seen it. And the fur began to fly. In the center of the table with the rest of the desserts was the one thing that I had asked my mother for as a gift for my graduation. A German chocolate cake with chocolate icing that said, Happy graduation, chef. I took off top speed to the yard to find my grandmother. She was just grinning and talking to folks when I came up to her. She can tell right away that I was pissed and she said, What the hell is your problem? To which I responded, in the house now. I stormed back in the house and momentarily she followed. Once in the kitchen, we had words about why she would take my personal gift to serve to her friends and family. She basically came up with a conclusion that there was nothing I can do about it. 
I informed her that I would stomp on it before I allowed it to happen. She told me, I wish you would. I'll beat your ass. To which I told her, today's the day that we all going to keep our promises then, isn't it? She went back outside and I went upstairs with my cake in hand and called my dad to tell him what happened. All I expected was for him to calm me down and then later on he would fill my mom in on what happened and then my mom would speak to my grandma. But in a twist of events, my dad got furious and said, what did you say? I'll be there in a minute. And he hung up. Well, I got nervous <laughs> because no one challenges my grandmother. But today was her day. Within about 20 minutes, my dad pulled up out front and pulled me and my grandma to the side. He was very respectful at first, and she told him that I was being a smart mouth, and I couldn't tell her what kind of party to throw and what to serve at her house. I watched as his eyebrow raised, and he told her, As long as you stay black, don't you ever take anything that house, nickname he called my mom, buys my son and give it to anybody. And I don't care whose house you at. And that was it. It was one of the first times I think my, I've ever seen my grandmother agree to disagree. There was no further arguing. And to my knowledge, the two of them never revisited that conversation again. I believe my grandmother knew that she had crossed the lane, that she had no business. And he truly wasn't having it. We left with my cake. And I spent the whole day with my dad and my cousins at my Aunt Sue's, one of his sister's, house and had a great time. I have so many great memories of my dad, of and with my dad. He is, he is the one that sparked my crazy obsession with amusement parks and roller coasters. I have vivid memories of going to Westview Park and with my dad often. It was the best fun. As soon as I turn the bend to descend into what is now Westview Shopping Plaza, I get warm feelings and sometimes even deja vu of the amusement park that used to occupy that space. The park is gone now and so is my legend. He passed away when I was in my mid-twenties, but he would never be forgotten. It brings tears to my eyes and chokes me up to know that a man could love a child the way my dad loved me, knowing that that the child does not have one drop of your blood racing through his veins. It's a phenomenal dynamic and a true testimony to who he was as a man. I love you, Daddy. And that is our read for the week, honey. Chapter 3 and Chapter 4 of Boys Like Me. Honey. <laughs> Baby, Mr. James Caldwell had to get his grandmother together. Do you hear me? He was like, you ain't about to serve my cake to nobody. <laughs> you ain't about to serve my cake to nobody. I'm about to call my daddy right now. Okay. So that was our read. And that was that was good time because y'all know I normally end at 945. But we're going to have our, uh, our chat. Yes, honey. Already. Yes, listen. <laughs> That chapter was real short, but baby, if you want, you can hit the link. We can come up and have a discussion about the book for the last 15 minutes of our hour discussion, or our, our reading discussion. But um, I was not expecting that, honey, because he went off on the cousin that was older than him. And he said, what's up? 
Let's take it outside. I heard my mama. I heard what she said. Did you hear? Come on, let's go. <laughs> he said, come on, nigga, let's go. <laughs> I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> he ready to fight <laughs> in real life. I'm like, okay. Baby, but sometimes you got to show people up. Now, I ain't advocating for violence, but we all know sometimes people, they take your kindness for weakness and thinking when you younger, they can just push you over. Adults, listen here. Don't treat them children like that. Because <laughs> some of them might not be just words. Because they don't fight nowadays, baby. They like to shoot. They like to hurt you. For the long run. It ain't no just fighting people no more. But, baby, I really enjoyed the real out of the frame part. <laughs> Listen. I, I, I'm enjoying this book. Are you guys enjoying this book? If y'all enjoying the book, uh, you know, throw your chocolate and your sun emojis up in the chat. But this was this was a good another good week, another good read. So I'm excited for next week. Um, if you guys have any questions, y'all can put them in the chat real quick. Uh, normally I go back, honey. She say snap, 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 baby. Listen, <laughs> but that's like uh, I like the last part of the chapter four. You know when he acknowledged his dad. Although he knew that that's not the man that birthed him, that helped to birth him. He was not the seed of that man, but that man stood in the gap. You know what I'm saying? He did what he was supposed to do in taking care of um, of James. And so uh, kudos for giving the man his, um, giving him his flowers. Hopefully he was, he was here when he, because uh, it didn't say when the man passed, but he said he was in his mid-20s. So yeah, he wasn't alive when the book was written. But I'm sure he gave him his flowers while he was here. So, you know, we we always appreciate that, giving the flowers and everything while they living. But, yes, I appreciate you guys coming back and listening again. A few church announcements, honey. If you're coming here and you have not uh, subscribed to the channel, please subscribe to the channel. I mean, you're here to the end. Why not? <laughs> If you would like, please join my podcast um, where I will be uploading this. So if you would, if you came in late and you didn't hear it from the beginning, you can always go back and watch this video as well as you'll be able to listen to it on the go um, at my podcast. The address is on the screen. Um, it will be in, it's in the description bar as well of this video, as well as the links to Spirit Boy TV's his youtube channel you can go and subscribe to him or the link to the book is also in the description bar where you can go and check out his other books he has five books that he has authored um and i i put the book over there between pews i really want to read that but we'll see because he said it's a little mm, honey it's a little different baby but i i am intrigued by between pews okay <laughs> I appreciate everyone that did buy the book to read along with us. The ones that have already read the book or heard the book um, or pieces of the book be read other places. But I appreciate you for coming over here and listening to me read. Um, what else is there? That's nothing else. I hope you guys enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed reading to you guys and we will be back here tomorrow um, next Monday and every Monday until we continue until we finish the book every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be back here for another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed yourself. And as always, um, the, the read is about 30 minutes. 
uh, 30 to 45 minutes and then we have a discussion but you know if you want to come up you can come up if not we're gonna go and i'm gonna let you guys go and you guys have a great night but i love you with the love of god and there is what it ain't nothing you can do about it y'all come back here again okay <laughs> thank you all for joining another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. I pray that you enjoyed yourself and you're relaxing your mind, in your body, and in your spirit. Come back and join us again next week as we continue our reading. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Be blessed and enjoy your evening.